0: 954-589-2204. Welcome aboard. This is Zazlo Show 2.0. Welcome Zazlo Show 2.0. It is a Friday, the 4th of August. Good to have you aboard. Presented as always by Anna and Levine Accident Attorneys 800-747-FREE. it is a Friday show, we did it everybody, we made it to the end of the week, we got a lot of fun stuff planned here today. Now, we're officially in a Dolphins game week, we got a preseason game next week now, Hall of Fame game last night, Browns Jets, didn't watch a second of it, last night I was at Brad Williams, saw Brad Williams perform at the Miami Improv, had a really good time, fun night. Brad Williams, as always, his opener, J.B. Ball, as always, the two of them, they killed it last night, was able to go say hello to Brad before the game, was able to meet him in person for the first time. If you missed my conversation with Brad, he made an appearance a couple weeks ago here on Zaslow Show 2.0. You can always go back in the archives. You can listen to Brad coming on the show with me. I love when you guys do that. You go back, listen to past shows that you've never listened to. They're always available. Tell your friends, tell your family. However you listen to the show, they're always available if you missed something previously. So got to hang out, got to see Brad Williams last night. Great time at the Miami Improv. Those guys over there, they always take care of the Zazlos. Love going out there. And Brad is continuing to perform. He's got two shows tonight, two shows tomorrow. Doral, Miami Improv. You go check him out. I'm telling you, I've told you this before. I mean, uh, you know, it's it's among the best shows we have ever been to. He was awesome last night. As usual. So, I didn't see any of the preseason game. I didn't see any of Jets and Browns. Don't care. But my guess is, it drew a monster number, man. Like, and and it's weird because if you take the NFL preseason game, NFL preseason, that game last night likely draws bigger numbers than, like, some NBA playoff games. Certainly regular season game. Regular season MLB. Regular season NHL, NBA, preseason football is going to kill it. But I would imagine preseason football gets better numbers than some NBA playoff games. I'm not watching a second of that game last night, even if I wore home. I'm not interested in it. But man, you know, maybe it has part to do with it's been forever since you watch football. So there's a curiosity factor. But this country loves football. I imagine Browns and Jets got a very big number last night, like I said. I didn't see any of it, but it's Friday. We got a lot to get to here. You know that means we're going to do big game, not a big game. We're going to do big movie, not a big movie. And here's the best part about that. This weekend, yeah, we got a handful of games for big game, not a big game. But now, (laughs) after this weekend, football is officially back. We got a lot of games to talk about. Big game, not a big game. Next week will be full of preseason football. It's going to be lit. So now... We have football every single week from now, because it started last night, every single week through the middle of February. We're almost here. Preseason is back, and obviously October, we're at the beginning of August. October, best sports month. We're really close, because you got the NFL, you got the college football, then you're going to have the NHL getting going again, you're going to have the NBA getting going again, you're going to have the Major League Baseball playoffs. October, sick sports month. So we're getting close. We're almost there. The big news of the day, not really news, but our main focus today, Zach Thomas, is going into the Pro Football Hall of Fame tomorrow afternoon in Canton. Our guy, Seth Levitt, you hear him on the Miami Dolphins postgame show, which is now on iHeart. He does it with Travis Wingfield, OJ McDuffie, Seth, he's going to join us on the show today because here's the thing. Obviously, sets on the media side of things. He's got the Fish Tank podcast that he does with O.J. McDuffie. We'll talk about that as well. But he anchors the postgame show with those two guys. But here's the thing. He used to be on the PR staff for the Miami Dolphins. He was on the PR staff for the Miami Dolphins when Zach Thomas was on the team. So we'll see if we can get some behind the scenes. We'll see if we can get some cool stories about Zach Thomas and his time here with the Dolphins and Seth's time working for the Dolphins with Zach Thomas, so that's the main attraction today, Seth will join us on this show here, we'll talk about this upcoming season for the Dolphins, but for the most part, I want to talk about Zach Thomas and his experience around one of the greatest Miami Dolphins of all time, who is so deserving of going into the Hall of Fame tomorrow, and I've been on this for years, I- I'm not going to say that I started anything, because that's ridiculous, but I was talking about this in the evenings on Zazlo show, I was talking about it in the mornings on Zaslow and Amber, Zaslow and Joy, whatever. I've been talking about Zach Thomas in the Hall of Fame forever. And now, and the thing that was most annoying, like I didn't think it was a surefire Hall of Famer, not by any stretch. I'm trying to be unbiased about it. Like I'm, I'm trying to be fair. But the thing that really bothered me was when Urlacher got in first ballot. Zach Thomas, the numbers are better. Yes, Urlocker has the defensive MVP, and that's, that's, a big, that's a big deal, winning defensive MVP. But that's not the be-all, end-all. Zach Thomas was just as good, if not better, than Erlocker. Yes, Urlocker's main thing, speed. He was so fast from sideline to sideline. But yet, guys like Peyton Manning, when Peyton Manning tells you Zach Thomas is the smartest player he's ever played against, Erlacher gets in Hall of Fame first bout. Zach Thomas can't sniff a Hall of Fame induction? That was wrong. And so finally, this year, after being a finalist two or three times, right? Finally, Zach Thomas is going in tomorrow. I believe he's the first one. I talked about this earlier in the week, right? I believe he's the first one going in tomorrow. And that's money for the Dolphin fan. You, you don't, you don't want to watch the whole thing waiting for Zach Thomas. He's going first. You're going to have everybody's attention. Tomorrow afternoon, Canton, Zach Thomas, Hall of Famer for life. So, that's the big story today. That's our main focus. I got I got some other things here, all right? And we're going to get to big game, not a big game, before we get to Seth. And then we're going to keep this train rolling. So, let's give a little update as far as what's going on with the Heat. As far as what's going on with Damian Lillard. There's no real update. Now, yesterday, I told you how... We, you know, yesterday... We, I, I did a lot yesterday on the Heat and Damian Lillard because I'm annoyed with the way some people in the media, national media, are are directing their, I guess, I don't know, displeasure, anger with this current situation at the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat have done nothing wrong. There should be nothing directed at the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat don't owe the Blazers anything. The Miami Heat don't have to up their offer. The Miami Heat don't have to hurt. The Miami Heat can give up whoever the hell they want, or they could stand pat. But the thing is, and you saw that report from Windhorst, Windhorst has the impression that no one else is out there making any type of offer to the Blazers, and the Heat know it. And if that's the case, like, the Heat don't have a problem. The Blazers have a problem. The Heat are willing to bail the Blazers out. We're going to give you a bunch of draft picks. We'll probably even give you a couple of young players, and then you can move on with your rebuild. But if you don't want to do that, okay, we're going to keep it moving here. And you have a very, excuse me, disgruntled superstar. The Miami Heat don't have to do shit. The Blazers are the ones with the problem, not the Heat. But here's what I want to address real quick about. So, by the way, on Twitter, I'm not calling it X. On Twitter, I'm at Zazlo show. You can always hit me up. But on Twitter, our guy is, uh, our guy Drew. I I think he's at Drew Star. This dude has been doing, he is doing the Lord's work on Twitter, where he is aggregating, he's putting quotes and video clips from all kinds of podcasts, national podcasts, and also podcasts coming out of Portland, keeping everybody up to speed on what's going on with Damian Lillard. My man Drew is doing the Lord's work out there, keeping us all informed. And so he posted a clip yesterday, and it's from it's from one of the, the podcasts out up there in Portland, And this is not the only place that I've heard this. But I specifically heard it yesterday on the clip that Drew posted on Twitter. And it's something to the effect of, as far as what the Heat could be offering, which, who the hell knows what they're offering? Like, have the Heat offered this? or Do we believe that? Or do we believe that the Portland Trailblazers have not even sat down and had any kind of discussions with the Miami Heat? Because if that's the case, how did the Heat offer anything? Uh, Nobody has the straight story. No one does. But anyway. So I've heard this comment before, including yesterday. How, you know, the Heat, let's say they're offering three first-round picks. Tyler Hero, a couple young guys. Okay. And you get this comment. The picks from the Heat aren't going to be that good. You know, it's like, you know, who cares? Or I'm not sold on the Heat's offer because the picks, the first-round picks that the Heat offer, they're not going to be that good. They're going to be in the 20s. And the pick swaps, like, if the picks aren't going to be that good... The Blazers aren't going to be able to swap those picks because the Blazer pick is going to be better. Let me start right there. I've been saying that for years, and I specifically said it when James Harden was originally traded. I may have even talked about it with the Anthony Davis trade way back when he was traded from New Orleans to Los Angeles, but I definitely talked about it most recently when Harden was traded from Houston to Brooklyn, and they got all the picks, and they got all the pick swaps, and this way the general manager gets to say, we we got seven picks. You know, four of them are first round picks and three of them are pick swaps. And that's phony baloney. That's BS. Those pick swaps, there is a pretty great chance they're never going to convey. Because here's the thing. And now the pick swaps have become a thing just for general managers to point at and say, look at all the picks I got. Look at what a great job I did in this trade. I got all these draft picks. When the reality is those pick swaps, you're never going to be able to cash in. Because here's the thing. Let's say the Heat, because the Heat right now can only, and now, they can lift the protection on the pick with the Blazers in 2025. So, let's assume that they do that, right? Let's assume that. So, the Heat would be able to offer up picks in 25. Uh, excuse me. If they, if they loosen that protection, that conveys to Oklahoma City in 25. So, the Heat would be able to offer first-round pick 27, 29, You'd also be able to do pick swaps, 26 and 28. So we're talking at least four overall picks. You could also offer the pick uh, uh, swap in 24. So like swaps in 24, 26, 28. First round picks, 27, 29. Maybe you also flip Tyler Hero somewhere else for a first round pick and ends up being three firsts and three pick swaps. Those pick swaps are never going to convey. That's just going to be a thing for Joe Cronin and the Blazers to be able to say, we got six first round picks from the Heat. No, you didn't. Because next year in 24, the Heat are probably going to be really good. Their pick will be in the 20s. The Blazers are going to be shit. They'll be a lottery pick. You're not going to be able to swap that. You can, but you wouldn't because the Blazers are going to have a high pick. So the pick swaps being bullshit and never conveying, that's legit. That's a real thing. The pick swaps are so phony baloney. But let's talk about the picks that the Heat will actually send. And this idea that the picks from the Heat, they're not going to be that good anyway. They're going to be in the 20s. Those aren't going to be great first-round picks. So this is not impressive. What team could you possibly trade Damian Lillard to where the picks are not going to be in the 20s? Where the picks are going to be great? Like, who can you trade Damian Lillard to? where you're going to end up getting lottery picks in return. I mean, whoever you wind up trading Damian Lillard to, and you would imagine at least for the next four years that Damian Lillard is under contract, you would imagine that this team is going to be good. So those picks are going to be in the 20s. Are you, the only way the picks that you get in the Lillard trade are going to be good is if you trade him to a shitburger team. And that's not happening. You're not trading Lillard to Detroit. You're not trading him to uh, pick pick any bad team. I mean, I'll tip my tongue. I'm having a hard time thinking them. Uh, Whoever. Detroit's always one that you think about. Uh, It could be San Antonio. Whoever the hell. Whatever bad team you're thinking about, it's not like that team's trading for Damian Lillard. Whatever first-round picks you get back in the Lillard trade if you're Portland, they're not going to be high picks. They're going to be in the 20s. So you can be as unimpressed as you want about all the picks that the Miami Heat or whatever other team is going. Let's say Lillard was sent to Philadelphia. Let's say he was sent to Boston. Whatever else, those picks are not going to be good. Any team you send your star player Damian Lillard to, those first round picks are going to be late in the first round. So this idea that the picks from the Heat aren't going to be that good, you're not going to get great first round picks from anyone. Wake up. Now, here's the next part. If the Heat are giving up picks, let's say, 27 and 29, or 28 and 30, you can only trade as far as seven years down the road, so we're talking 2030. The picks in 27 and in 29, 27, we're talking four years from now. 29, we're talking six years from now. The reality is, those could wind up being really good picks. I can tell you right now, in 2029... Jimmy Butler and Damian Lillard are not going to be around anymore. The Heat may be flat awful. And who knows, maybe that'll be the case for 27 as well. I mean, 24, 25, 26 or 27. that would be the fourth and final year of this contract for Damian Lillard. Maybe the Heat are terrible. Maybe Lillard has dropped off by then. So the picks in year 27 and 29, they actually may end up being really great picks for the Blazers. But the idea that the picks from the Heat aren't going to be that good, they're not going to be good from any team. That you trade Damian Lillard to. Any team you trade Damian Lillard to is going to be a good team. The picks are going to be low in in the first round. It's just, I guess the overall point that I'm making is, there is a major bias toward the Heat. Not from the league, but from NBA media and from fans. Ah, the picks from the Heat, they're not going to be that good. They're not going to be good from anyone. You're trading Lillard to a team that's going to wind up being really, really good. What team is going to give you first-round picks that are going to be lottery picks? If Damian Lillard was traded to a team that's going to end up being in the lottery, and hence you get great picks, why would that team trade for Damian Lillard if it's going to still make them a lottery team? So the point is, you got people out there, media folks, who are just trying to come up with reasons that trading Damian Lillard to Miami is not good, is not beneficial to the the Blazers, when the reality of it is, this would be the scenario, low first-round picks with any team you wind up trading him to. But a a very biased media doesn't want to hear about that. or, Or wants to spread that to everybody that this is why the Miami offer is no good. It's bullshit. So that's today's bullshit as far as the way... This situation is being handled by certain media members. That's today's bullshit. I'll tell you what's not bullshit, though. I love Sheets and Giggles, man. Sheets and Giggles has me getting the best sleep I've ever had. My wife, my two boys, we are four of over 100,000 Americans now that are sleeping on Sheets and Giggles and never turning back. If that's the case, ask yourself this. If over 100,000 Americans now are sleeping on and shopping SheetsGiggles.com, it... Clearly there's something going on there. And when Sheets and Giggles joined Zazlow Show 2.0, my man Colin, founder and CEO of Sheets and Giggles, you hear them on the Levitard Show, you hear them on the Greg Cody Show podcast featuring Greg Cody, that's how you knew that things were at the big time now on Zazlo Show 2.0. When my man Colin and Sheets and Giggles joined up on the show and brought his naturally softer, cooler, more breathable sheets to the program. And now I'm sending it to you guys. Use promo code Zazlo upon checkout You'll get 20% off your first order. And we're talking taking care of the environment as well. That's right. Because for they don't touch any ancient or endangered forests. You got two new trees that are planted on their farms every time one is harvested. That's where the It's eucalyptus. I sleep on a eucalyptus pillow. You got the pillowcases. You got the sheets. You got the fitted sheet. Best comforter I've ever had in my life. I'm getting sleep like I've never had. Sheetsgiggles.com. You don't have to thank me. You thank my man, Colin. But get the best sleep of your life when you go to sheetsgiggles.com. All right. It is Friday. And you're probably saying to yourself, Zazlo, I got to know. Is it a big game? Or is it not a big game? Big game or not a big game, as always on Fridays, brought to us by the only insurance agency that I recommend, That's Brunt Insurance. Brunt Insurance, 954-589-2204, bruntinsurance.com. I just renewed my policy for this coming year. I've been getting my homeowner's insurance through Brunt Insurance now for about 10 years. And that's because I know I'm getting the best price out there. Hey, homeowner's insurance is so expensive here in Florida. Not when you're using Brunt Insurance. You're getting the best rate out there, and you're getting the most comprehensive coverage that there is. And not just homeowner's insurance. That's what I get with Brunt Insurance. But when you call 954-589-2204, you're getting the most affordable care and the best coverage. Also on your automobile, motorcycle, boater's insurance, you're making the right call when you call 954-589-2204. Greg Brunt and his team at Brunt Insurance have the expertise and the experience to find the right coverage for you. And that includes comprehensive policies on trailer homes, motor homes. You know what I'm talking about. Bruntinsurance.com has you covered all through the state of Florida, wherever you're calling from. 954-589-2204. Bruntinsurance.com. Let's get to big game or not a big game. First up, tonight, 8.05, Bally Sports, Florida. Marlins at Rangers. The Rangers are are the the cream of the crop out there. Not the cream of the crop. They're the cream of the crop out there in the American League. The Marlins, they got Jesus Lazardo on the hill tonight, but coming off of losing three out of four to Philadelphia. This is the toughest part of the schedule. This is a make-or-break stretch. The Marlins are on the outside of the wild card looking in right now. They're a game back of the second and third spots. Kim Ng did a great job getting this team, guys, like Josh Bell, Jake Berger, and putting this team in a position where, hey, we believe in you. Now you got to go do it. Now, they've let them down so far. They just lost three out of four against the Phillies. And since the All-Star break, the Marlins have lost 13 of 18. Very tough task ahead beginning tonight. Marlins at Rangers. That's a big game. Big game or not a big game. Saturday night. Peacock. WWE SummerSlam. Now, make sure you go back and listen to Zazlow Show 2.0's wrestling podcast. It's still real to me. It dropped two nights ago. It's a SummerSlam preview. So you have between now, if you haven't listened to it yet, you have between now and tomorrow night, a bonus episode is available of It's Still Real to Me. SummerSlam, eight matches on the card, a fire card, and the main event, one of several main events, but the main event, Tribal Combat, Roman Reigns, Jey Uso. Does Jey Uso become the Tribal Chief? Does Roman Reigns survive and continue as the WWE Universal Champion? WWE SummerSlam, live from Ford Field in Detroit Saturday night, that's a big game. Big game or not a big game? Saturday, 8 p.m., TNT, AEW Collision. Now, the main event's a big one. It's CM Punk, and he's defending his, what he believes is the real world championship against Ricky Starks. This is not a big deal. Whoa, though whoa, not a big deal? You've been telling us AEW Collision is a great show. It is a great show. It's going head-to-head with SummerSlam. No one's going to be watching Collision this week. Terrible break for Collision, even though it's a great main event. This weekend, AEW Collision, not a big game. Big game or not a big game? Sunday, 5 a.m. That's right, 5 a.m. Fox. U.S. Women's National Team World Cup Round of 16 knockout round taking on Sweden. If they, if those girls play against Sweden the way they played in match play, they're going home this weekend. If they get a huge win over Sweden and advance to this to the quarterfinals, all that talk about group play is going to go away. Sweden versus USA Sunday 5 a.m. That's a big game. All right, I got one more for you here. Sunday, the time has not been announced yet. Apple Plus, Leagues Cup quarterfinal, round of 16. Excuse me, that's not quarterfinal. That's just round of 16. Inter-Miami at Dallas FC. 3-0 with Messi, greatest soccer player in the history of mankind. First road game, Inter-Miami won all three of their games so far in the Leagues Cup at Dry Pig Stadium. How does Messi look on the road? And the, the way this team is playing, I think the expectations now are go win that league's cup. Inter Miami at Dallas FC, that's a big game. And that right there is another addition. A Big Game or Not a Big Game, always brought to us by Brunt Insurance from Pensacola to the Keys and beyond. Brunt Insurance delivers you that comprehensive insurance coverage. 954 589 2204 bruntinsurance.com. So, everybody knows all guests on Zazzle Show 2.0 are brought to us by the official beer of the program. Of course, we're talking Johnny Cuba. European roots with that Caribbean soul. You can pick up a Johnny Cuba. Your local Sedano's, Presidente, Win dixie Fresco Emas. Mas. If you don't know where to pick up a Johnny Cuba, you send me a message. My man Juan from Johnny Cuba. He'll tell me exactly where to tell you, what's closest in your neighborhood. Of course, always remember when you're drinking Johnny Cuba, drink responsibly. And don't forget Johnny Cuba's mantra, stay tranquilo. And joining us here is our pal Seth Levitt, uh, who, of course, co-host the Fish Tank Podcast with O.J. McDuffie, all-time great Dolphin wide receiver. Everybody knows that. You'll hear Seth once again, another season of Dolphins football with O.J., with Travis Wingfield, and the post-game show for Miami Dolphins football as well. That's now on iHeart moving forward. Seth, I wanted to make sure I got you... I wanted to get you on the show today for two reasons, all right? Number one, okay. I want to talk some Dolphins football, of course, because you know now we're, we're less than a week away from – we're in a game week now, all right? Dolphins right. have a preseason game next week. Obviously, we had the football last night. So I want to talk to you about Dolphins football, but I especially want to talk to you about Zach Thomas going sure. into the Hall of Fame tomorrow. And for folks who don't know – You know, while Seth has crossed over the the, the line, if you will, where he's now. uh, (laughs) The dark side. Yeah, well, he's a talker now, and he's been a talker for years now. Seth was on the Dolphins uh, PR staff for many years, and you were on the Dolphins PR staff when Zach Thomas was playing for the Dolphins. So I'm sure you got some really great insights, and I'm sure from a personal level, you're probably really excited for Zach Thomas tomorrow.
1: Oh, I am. I, I like to joke, you know, I was part of that class of 96 because I was an intern the, the year we drafted uh, Zach. And um, so, you know, Zach, Sean Wooden, we we love to, to joke about that. You know, Daryl Gardner was the, the first round pick that year. Quite a class, Jimmy Johnson's first class. So a lot of great memories. I was there for eight seasons with Zach, the first eight seasons of his career. So um, just just an honor to be a part of that ride with a Hall of Fame player. Obviously an honor to be a part of Jace Taylor's journey as well. Just really great time to to work for that organization. So yeah, this is special, man. He is, uh, Zach paid his dues. He played at the highest of levels. Obviously you don't get to go to the Hall of Fame if that's not the case um but it's been a long time coming and i think there's going to be a lot of tears shed mostly by Zach, but i think it'll be emotional uh, for for all of us
0: i feel like i like do you agree that jimmy is such an obvious choice to be the guy that's inducting him
1: yeah for sure i mean if it, it, the, a family member would be the only other person that could make any kind of sense but yeah it's it's got to be jimmy i mean it was the perfect fit it was uh you, you know Jimmy made all of those incredible personnel moves in Dallas, won championships there. Unfortunately, that didn't happen here. Um, obviously, we know he recruited incredible players and built an unbelievable roster at the University of Miami. But when you start to talk about the team that he built here in my, it, with the Dolphins, uh, there, there were a lot of great players. But the first truly great player he selected in 1996, and that was Zach Thomas with the 154th pick.
0: What was it like working with Zach and, and, and especially what I mean by that is because like I said, for our listeners now, Seth was on the PR staff. I mean, his first year you were an intern, but then eventually, you you know, you're, you're on the PR staff. And so Zach, from everything that I remember, especially after losses, he was, he, he was difficult because he cared so much he it, you were getting a, a very emotional reaction from him after games. what What was it like dealing with him on a game to game basis?
1: Well, I mean, true professional, right? he It was great, but it it was that emotional roller coaster. You know you were going to he likes to use the word abuse. He would take a little bit of abuse. He'd give me a hard time, but he was always going to do the right thing. He just had to make us earn it, so to speak. But I, I love to tell the story. I got there as an intern in 1996. Uh, my boss was the legendary Harvey Green, you know, the head of the PR department. And, and we had a gentleman who was the number two guy that year by the name of Mike Hansen, who may he rest in peace uh, after one year went to the Florida Panthers. And then he was in in, in uh, the NBA for a while. Uh, and Neil Gulkas came in and filled that role. But that first year when I got there, like my first day on the job, Harvey in in only the way that Harvey can deliver a message it was like, all right, this is how it's going to work. I'm the PR guy for Danny and Jimmy, right? Marino and Jimmy Johnson. I'm the PR guy for Danny and Jimmy. Mike Hansen's the PR guy for the other starters and whatever else is left. That's going to be yours. <laughs> whatever else is left. So, a five ten linebacker out of Texas Tech who's drafted in the fifth round. That's whatever else was left, right? That guy. He was he was my guy. Larry Izzo was my guy. Up until the point where they cut Jack Del Rio, Zach gets named the starter. He knocks the hell out of Sean Jefferson. And now he's he becomes a Dolphins legend almost instantly. And uh and all and he then became elevated to to a Harvey guy let alone just being my guy. But we had built that friendship, that bond. Uh, Anybody who understands the way sports work uh, from the inside of an organization, it's usually the younger staff members that build these close bonds with the players because they're going through life at the same time. You know, Zach and I are the same age. Uh, We graduated high school the same year. You know, what was ever going on in pop culture, music, so on and so forth. So we saw life through a similar lens. Up until a point, his job was a little bit cooler than mine, but, um, you know, know, so for those reasons, we did build a bond and we were able to do a lot of really fun stuff together, both on the field and off. And uh, yeah, so I got to work with him after all of those games. What was nice was you knew that Zach and JT were going to be last and not just last, but dead last in terms of what players were going to speak in a post-game locker room. Like they would wait almost an hour till people cleared out till they could cool down, what till the till the parking lot could thin out because it was a an appearance for them. It was almost like an autograph appearance every time they went out to the parking lot where all the families were there. And because it took so long, Harvey would eventually go back upstairs to the press box to get to working, and I would watch the end of the you know the open locker room, and that's when Zach and JT would come out. So I got to do that with him every time. He was going to be emotional. He was going to unload. It wasn't going to be filtered. I remember uh, after a Jets loss one time in their stadium, he was just going on and on and on, and Dan Labatar turns to me and goes, this is like a therapy session for him. I said, yeah, he needs it. So thank you. Um, but that's just who he was. And it's what made him uh, a, a relatable player for fans. It's what made him an amazing teammate because guys knew how passionate he was, how much he cared. And and I think it translated to what you saw on the field.
0: So I had been on this case for for years now about Zach getting into the Hall of Fame. So sure, you're not alone. Well, and full disclosure you know, I I I would always say that I, I my my general stance was I think he's borderline. I don't know if he's going to get in. I don't know if he should get in. And, and and look, the part that really started to make me angry when when I then turned over where it's like this is bullshit. He needs to be in the Hall of Fame. He's absolutely Hall of Famer. Was when Erlocker got in first ballot.
1: First ballot. If
0: Erlock Seth, when Erlocker got in first ballot, then like the lights switched for me. And I'm like, all right, I'm not even being biased now. When I say Zach Thomas is a hall of famer, he doesn't have to be first ballot, but for Urlacher to get first ballot and Zach can't even sniff uh, a-, a hall of fame finalist. It there's something wrong here. That's, that's yeah. when I started to get really upset about the whole process. Uh, what, it, what did you make of that once Urlacher got in, especially first bout? Because you put their numbers side by side. And and the only difference to me, yes, Urlacher won a defensive MVP. And that's not a small thing. I get it. All right. And,
1: and his team made it to a Super Bowl as well. That's right. Sure.
0: But yeah. everything else, when we're looking at all the numbers and we're looking at their play, they're either the same or Zach's are better.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And you're talking about similar eras. It's not like you're comparing one guy from three decades prior to the other and trying to compare numbers. It it really was apples to apples in a lot of ways. Um, And quite frankly, you know, and this could be sacrilege, but if you think about the AFC during the period uh, of time that Zach played, it was Ray Lewis and Zach Thomas, you know, and you could throw some other guys that had good years in there, but it was Ray Lewis and Zach Thomas. They were the cream of the crop. That's pretty good company. Like, that's pretty good company, and, uh, it, you know, when your contemporary is arguably the greatest middle linebacker of all time, I think that, you know, that that speaks for itself, but you're right. When, when Erlacher went in, and I honestly, in some ways, while it may have angered Dolphins fans or people who just were... You know, trying to be fair, I also think it did heighten the awareness of the selectors to say, "Well, well, you know what? This is an opportunity to try and get this right." Uh, I don't have a problem with the process. I think sometimes certain guys, for whatever reason, aren't viewed in a way. I feel that way about Mark Clayton. I don't know what in the hell happened with Mark Clayton, and I won't turn this thing into a, a, another argument about you know who deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, but it just happens with certain guys. Not just with Miami Dolphins players, although Dolphins like to think that it's only the Dolphin players who are getting, uh, you know, slighted here. But they just either they don't look the part, or there's this perception of what guys should be and what they should look like. And I know that sounds silly, but I mean it really does carry over into the pros. And sometimes guys come in with a name, a reputation, good marketing, playing in the right city. And those things care and they're good players, right? They're good players. We're not just saying that Erlacher was just, you know, some figment of a marketing, uh, you know, manager's imagination. He was a he was an elite all time great but Zach was every bit as good of a linebacker yep. as Brian Erlacher was. Yep. There were certain flash plays that Erlacher could make that Zach maybe didn't. But then there's things that Zach did that Brian Erlacher didn't do. And Brian Erlacher would be the first guy to tell you that. So uh, while it was aggravating at the time, I do think it ended up serving Zach well. Because part of what you need to do is be compared to the guys who are in there. And if you start to to compare and you start to match up with the guys that are in there, then the selectors have a hard time denying that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. What, uh, I know you're flying out today. Yeah. What do you think, what's the contingent going to look like? I feel like when, when the Dolphins have had a guy, that being Jason Taylor, that being Dan Marino, when they've had one of the feature guys being inducted into the Hall of Fame, I feel like the Dolphin fan has represented very well in Canton. So what do we think it's going to look like there tomorrow? And who do you know as far as his teammates that are going to be there?
1: Sure. Yeah, I, I mean, it's going to be a sea of aqua and orange. There's no doubt. You're right. This fan base is so loyal, particularly to the to the players you're talking about. And, and, and they travel, they go and support their teams. Look, The Dolphins fan base extends worldwide. Um, it, the 72 Dolphins made sure of that. They, they made sure that there are people that became lifelong Dolphin fans. And then as different eras started to come and go, we didn't get the Super Bowls that they were getting in the 70s you start looking at Zach Thomas and Jason Taylor. I mean, they carry this franchise and its fan base for a long, long time. Uh, And Zach is, he's, he's a relatable guy. He's every man. People look at Zach Thomas and sometimes I think they look at JT and he looks a little bit more like a superhero than he does, you know, someone that you can relate to, but you see Zach. And if you play pop Warner football and you remember, you've got a trophy still from the day that you had 16 tackles for, uh, you know, the mighty mites or whatever team you go, I could have been that guy. If I had only done this and that, you kind of see yourself in Zach. And so, and then he's so humble. And he comes, you know, he's got that that southern gentleman like personality and and all of those things and so not only was he a great player not only was he one of the faces of this franchise for a decade plus but he's just a good dude and people see themselves in, in him and so yeah i think that it's going to be a huge group i'm already seeing it dolphins twitter is blowing up there's people who are already there they're they're having their own meetups that they're you know that they're going to uh, get together and and organize and then go out there i think at the hall of fame game there were you go to a Dolphins game and there are, you know, you have the different people in different corners and they all get excited. There were groups of fans with signs saying, We're Zach Thomas fans. Miami fans love Zach Thomas, all of these things at the Hall of Fame game with the Jets and the Browns playing. Yeah. So they're up there, they're gonna be pumped, they're gonna be excited. I can't wait to see it. And yes, there's gonna be a lot of Zach's former teammates. That are going to be up there. I heard Shannon Crowder talking about it on the radio the other day and how much he means to him. Uh, it's talked about nobody meant more to his career than Zach did. And, and um, uh, you know, so so people not only want to support him, but they feel so connected to him. I, and I'm not, not trying to pull name dropper here, but I got a text yesterday. I was in the middle of doing something and there was like seven people on the text and Larry Izzo sent a group text out And he said, all right, guys, we want to make sure everybody knows where to go and who's coming in and what time. And it was Izzo, Alindo Amari. Damon Hewitt, Jed Weaver, Todd Wade, Hunter Goodwin. These guys were all on this text, and they're all going out there. I know Trace Armstrong's going to be out there. Timbo's probably already there. Uh, it's going to be a great group of people. I'm excited just to kind of go see all the guys and, and reconnect with people before we go watch Zach cry his, uh, his face off. Uh, yeah,
0: he's a lock to cry, right? I mean, he already He's crying said, right now. Well, yeah, he already said to everybody, he warned <laughs> everyone. I'm not trying to be rude if I'm up there. And I'm looking
1: at your toes. If I'm looking, looking at, at your, your feet, feet, right. Yeah. So he, he knows <laughs> we're going to kill gonna him on that. Hey, yeah. I mean, he's crying right now. There's no doubt. He did a little sideline interview at the game last night and he started to break down thinking about it. He's just an, he was an emotional and passionate player uh, when he played not a crier necessarily, but he just lived and breathed it. And, and then, you know, as we tend to do, as we get a little older, we get a little softer, we get a little more emotional. I remember when he went into the uh, to the honor roll, when he and JT went in the same day, and he wore dark sunglasses, not only because it was sunny out, but he was crying there. He's got no shot to get up there in, in the most sacred of all football homes and knowing that he's going to be there forever. Seeing the busts of uh, – I know seeing Junior Seau's bust was something that hit him really deeply and hard, and um, and it just – it means a lot to him. The game has always meant a lot to him, and so for him to reach the pinnacle, it's going to all come out, man. And I said, I, I guarantee you he's crying right now. He's sitting somewhere <laughs> and he he, got to, to the pass of the Kleenex. Has
0: he told anyone? I mean, maybe this is out there and I don't know about it. Like I like, what was it like when he got the phone call? You know, where was he? Who was he with? And that whole deal.
1: Oh yeah. Well, so go on YouTube. It, it, it wasn't a phone call. They surprised him. I'm surprised you haven't seen this as you got to go on YouTube. It was as emotional as anything. So his uh his whole family secretly flew in. His mother takes him out to lunch. <laughs> Jimmy Johnson gets snuck into the house in the gold jacket and Zach comes home like you know, whatever and he goes walking upstairs and as he gets to halfway up, I remember there's now. Jimmy there in the goal and and Zach like he 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 can't breathe. He said he could barely breathe and get up the stairs. and you know all the emotion poured out. He had waited a long time it means a lot to him. And uh, yeah, once you saw that, uh, I mean, how could you not just be excited for the guy?
0: I did see that. I remember him on halfway up the steps right? and Jimmy's up at the top there. I have seen that.
1: I'm glad. Cause I was like, damn, Zaz, you've been hiding out in there. I know you're pumping podcasts <laughs> out like crazy, but you got to come out a little bit, man. That's
0: so, <laughs> that's, it's really, that's really cool. That's so good. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm I'm excited to to hear his speech tomorrow. I think is he lined up first? Do I have that correct? He's first. It's He's awesome. first.
1: It, it is awesome. That's it's awesome. awesome for a lot of reasons. It's awesome because, you know, look if you're a Dolphins fan but you don't want to hear all these other Let's speeches, go. you're one and done, right? Top of the order there, which is great. Uh, I also told him, and I learned this watching JT went second when he spoke. And, you know, look, these guys are competitors. You don't get to the Hall of Fame without being an Uber competitor. And, the, you know, oh, if I'm the last guy, does that mean something and all of that stuff? But the stadium's packed. Mm-hmm. Everybody's watching on TV. The stadium's absolutely packed. And as guys start to go and it's getting hot out there. and uh, First is a money, money spot. That's a money spot. The stadium starts to thin out. Yep. The last guy. Uh, You know, unless it's going to be whatever, you know, when Tom Brady goes in or whatever it might be. I remember waiting around
0: for Marino and like it's it was a wasn't there. I was watching. It was a long wait, Seth.
1: But some people start to disappear. Yep. If they don't you know, they just start to disappear because they've got things to do. It's long. It's hot. The speeches were much longer back then. So he's at the top of the order, man. I think it's great for him to be there and for him with all of the emotion and the buildup. For him to do it, I don't want to say get it out of the way because it's it's a once-in-a-lifetime spectacular moment that you know only the one percent of the one percent ever get to appreciate and enjoy and experience, but he'll get to do it, he'll get to pour it all out, then he just gets to sit back and be a hall of famer and enjoy the ride. And he and I did talk about that, and so he's excited for the opportunity to kick this thing off.
0: This year's dolphin team, like I said, Seth and 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 Travis Wingfield and OJ McDuffie. Every post game on iHeartRadio, Radio, Dolphins uh, beginning next week, preseason game. We're in a game week, all right. So it's it's Dolphins football, man. It's here, Dolphins and Falcons. the The expectations this year are as high as when would you say was the last time?
1: I mean, they're as high. You know, I don't know when to pick it, and some guys will. That And I feel like people go through that journey and that ride and everybody's going to the Super Bowl at this time of the year. But the expectations are high and they're reasonably high. Uh, this is a talented, talented roster. They flashed some very special things last year. Um, You can't help but be excited about what Mike McDaniel has brought to the organization as a whole and to the offense. And then you bring in uh, a guy like Vic Fangio with the reputation that he has, knowing that there's a lot of talent on the defensive side of the ball as well. So there's there's great reason to be excited about this Dolphins franchise, as all the guys will tell you. And, you know, I know it sounds a little bit like PR speak, but they still got to go out and play. And they've got a very competitive schedule. To me, they're in the most competitive division of all of football in the AFC East. So you could be a really good football team and go in as the as the second wild card in this division, just because the talent is so deep. Um, but uh, yeah, there's a lot of reason to be excited.
0: The part that's wild to me about that AFC East, I think. Look, I think the Patriots are going to stink, but they are the Patriots. So let's say they don't finish last in the yeah. AFC East. So yeah. if that's the case. If the Patriots don't finish last in yeah. the AFC East, then that means one team, Dolphins, Bills, or Jets, all three of whom have Super Bowl aspirations this year. Right. That means a team with Super Bowl aspirations is going to finish last in the division. This is a very it, tough division.
1: It is incredibly tough. And and you know, I know he's been taking his hits, and uh, people like to pile on Bill Belichick just because he had so much success for as long as he did. And, yes, he hasn't been the same without Tom Brady. Who would be the same without Tom Brady? But this is an all-time great coach. He's going to find a way to get the best out of that football team. What the best is, I don't know, but to your point, as. It's going to be incredibly competitive. We know what we expect here from the Dolphins. We know what the Bills have been; they've been the class of the division for the last couple of years. And and then the Jets, they've loaded up, man. You know, and I know there's a whole lot going on. It's a little bit of a. I don't think
0: day. it's going to go the way they think it's going to go. I,
1: I hope you're right. I hope you're right. There's definitely the potential for the bottom to fall out. We've seen that before uh, with teams that go on that kind of a ride. But you have to at least keep your eye on them. They they seem to be very well coached. They had a ferocious defense last year. Um, and, and they just, look, they didn't have it figured out at quarterback last year. Now they're bringing a guy. Say what you will about him, whether you like him or hate him. And who knows how much he's got left. But he's pretty damn good.
0: Seth, finally here. Uh, the Fish Tank Podcast. Seth Levitt. OJ McDuffie. Your most recent episode. I recognize yeah. your guest. Your most recent and you probably taught Dolphin fans a little something here because I've said to fans several times, hey, you know, top dollar in WWE, you know, he's AJ Francis. He was a linebacker for the Dolphins for a couple of years. Right. And like, that's him. Like, yeah, he's he's in WWE now. So you guys had top dollar on the show this week,
1: right? Who hotter than top dollars as that's what we need to know. Yeah, man, it was really cool. I, you know, I got to know AJ briefly towards the end of his tenure here. It was here from 2013 to 2015 as a defensive tackle. He's an undrafted guy out of university of Maryland. No spectacular career, uh, you know, undrafted, dealt with some injuries, spent some time in the practice squad and uh better than you would expect from an undrafted player, but there, you know, we're not talking about him in Canton for sure. And then he was gone to a couple other teams, and he, and six years in the league. I mean, uh, you know, that's a good career; it's a good run. But what he was probably remembered for most in South Florida was that he drove for Uber in the off season. Right, like, right. That's right. what he meant. You know, it wasn't because he had six sacks in the season or ten sacks or whatever. It was because he drove for Uber. He even laughed about it on the show. Like. How in the world was that the thing of all the things I've gone viral for in my life? How was that the thing? But that was a big deal. Uber was just coming into the fold here in South Florida. And here's this guy who's a professional football player, and he might pick you up on the corner of Oakland Park Boulevard and, uh, you know, whatever it might be. And so and then I didn't hear from him after that. You know, I talked to him about our poetry program because he was into poetry, he was into rap music. And next thing I know... He's as you said, he's getting introduced in the WWB WWE. He's the ultimate heel. He's pissing off everybody in the crowd. He's hitting guys illegally when the ref's not looking. I mean, he plays the part really well, doing his music as he's also, you know, out there wrestling and power-slamming people. And I just reached out to him. Thankfully, his number was the same as it was back in 2015. He's like, man, I'll come on the show. I said, great. We'll set up just like you did. Can I send you a link? He goes, no, 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 I'll be down. I want to come down and see Messi play. And the guy's so diverse and interesting. He came down to see Messi play. And then he wanted to see the new Dolphins facility. And he came into the studio and just gave a spectacular interview.
0: I know he's mentioned this before. He he knows nothing about football. Like he He doesn't follow. He's like he is yeah. a lifelong wrestling fan. He was good oh, at man. football. He he doesn't like I don't think he's up to date on anything NFL was.
1: Yeah, I mean I think he likes football occasionally he'll see stuff but you're exactly right. He doesn't sit there and grind and watch it. He is very passionate about professional wrestling. He was and I, not just cuz he wrestles now, but to your point, he since he was a since he was an infant almost. Yeah. I mean 2 3 years old, he was practicing moves with his dad. When he was, and I didn't realize this now, probably laughed it off, but when he was in college, when he was here in Miami, he told everybody that his goal post-football was to was to be a WWE superstar. That was always the goal. That was, he had planned for it. He prepared for it. It's funny to hear him say that because that's what you hear professional football players say. I waited for this moment. I planned for it. I watched it. I practiced. Do you hear basketball players? I practiced making the last shot in the parking lot, you know, and all that. And the three, two, one, this guy prepared how he was going to say uh, how he's going to handle interviews how he was going to harass opponents and fans he wanted to be a wwe superstar and now he's living out his dream seth promote the fish tank
0: podcast and everything you and oj got going on go ahead
1: yeah, man. We like to have a good time. You know, we're storytellers. If you can't tell from this interview, I, I, I like to run my mouth a little bit, but it's not an X's and O's podcast. We save that for if we do a Twitter space or certainly the post game show. But if you dive into the fish tank, which you can find on all streaming platforms, you know, it, you're a podcaster now yourself, Zaz, and it looks good on you. But, uh, you know, whatever, Apple, Spotify, Google, all of those things, you can go find us or on the Dolphins website. But we like to have guests in that played for the Dolphins, a lot of alumni, a lot of the legends. Everybody. Zach was just on recently. JT's been on. Larry Zonka's been on. You name it. They've been on the show. We like to laugh. We like to pull the curtain back a little bit and let people see what, what we talk about when, when there aren't others around and just have a lot of fun.
0: Great job, Seth. Have uh, have fun this weekend. It's it, It's a really great moment for obviously for you know, for Zach it's the best moment, but for the franchise everybody who's involved, it's a long time coming. It's a really great weekend.
1: Yeah, thank you, Zaz. I appreciate it. I appreciate you having me on and again, welcome to this podcast space, man. Thank Congrats you. on everything you're doing with the 2.0 show.
0: Excellent job by Seth Levitt. Very big day tomorrow, Pro Football Hall of Fame. Zach Thomas, really good stuff there. Appreciate him joining us there and of course, all guests on Zazlo's show 2.0 are brought to us by the official beer of the program, that is Johnny Cuba. Hey, If you're in the market for a new car, you can't decide where to go, I sent you to the only car dealership I personally endorse. That's right. North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. You walk in the showroom doors, here's what's going to happen. You're going to be greeted by a member of their friendly sales team. They're going to ask you what you're thinking about, what you're looking for. It could be an SUV for the family. Maybe you just want something fun for yourself. Whatever you're looking for, North Fort Lauderdale Subaru carries the widest inventory of newest Subaru models on the market. That includes the Outback, the Crosstrek, the Forester, the Ascent, the WRX. Whatever you're looking for, we're talking the perfect model for you is waiting right now at North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. Been telling you about summer savings for a couple months now. Sizzling summer savings at North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. New Subaru models starting at just $249 a month. Save up to off MSRP on select new Subaru models in stock. Plus, receive up to $750 in trade-in assistance. You can shop right now, nflsubaru.com, North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, conveniently located on North Andrews Avenue, just north of Cypress Creek Road. The building you know and the place to go, nflsubaru.com, North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. All right, we already told you what the big games are. But maybe you want to spend some family time this weekend. Is it a big movie? Or is it not a big movie? Big movie or not a big movie? Let's start things off here with a movie called Talk to Me. Talk to Me is in theaters now. It is rated R. It's got strong, bloody violent content. It has some sexual material. It's got language throughout. It's a horror movie, all right? It's out in theaters. It came out last week. It stars Sophie Wilde and Miranda Otto. Here's what it's about. When a group of friends discover how to conjure spirits using an embalmed hand, they become hooked on the new thrill until one of them goes too far and unleashes terrifying supernatural forces. Rotten Tomatoes' media score for Talk To Me, a certified fresh 95%. Audience score, 82%. Talk to me. That's a big movie. You know me and my son. We love the horror movies. And this movie looks scary. All right. Next up. This movie is called Shortcomings. All right. I've never heard of this before. It's rated R. It's a romance comedy. It's out in theaters today. It's directed by Randall Park. He's funny. Here's what it's about. Ben. A struggling filmmaker lives in Berkeley, California with his girlfriend, Miko, who works for a local Asian-American film festival. When he's not managing an art house, movie theater as day job, Ben spends his time obsessing over unavailable blonde women, watching Criterion Collection DVDs, and eating in diners with his best friend, Alice, a queer grad student with a serial dating habit. When Miko moves to New York for an internship, Ben is left to his own devices and begins to explore what he thinks he might want. Rotten Tomatoes' media score, certified fresh 83%. No audience score yet. Uh, I'm going to go big movie. I think this movie sounds funny. Now, I'm not going to watch in the theaters, but once it starts streaming, I'm going to go big movie. Big movie or not a big movie. This is called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. It is out in theaters. It came out two days ago. It's rated PG. It has language. It has impolite material. It has sequences of violence and action. It's a it's a family movie, comedy, animation. It's it's produced by Seth Rogen and written by Seth Rogen. It stars well, you got you got you, here the 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 turtles aren't necessarily big names. They're played by kids because they're teenagers. But you also have Hannibal Buress. You have Rose Byrne. You have John Cena. You have Seth Rogen. You have Ice Cube. Here's what it's about. After years of being sheltered from the human world, the Turtle Brothers set out to win the hearts of New Yorkers and be accepted as normal teenagers. Their new friend, April O'Neil, helps them take on a mysterious crime syndicate, but they soon get in over their heads when an army of mutants is unleashed upon them. Rotten Tomatoes' media score, certified fresh 95%. Rotten Tomatoes audience score ninety four percent. I can tell you, my son and I, we saw it a couple days ago. Movie's a lot of fun. It's really great. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Mutant Mayhem. That's a big movie. And finally, got one more for you here. This movie is called Meg Two: The Trench. It's rated PG thirteen. It has brief suggestive material. It's got action and violence. It's got language. It's got some bloody images. It is out in theaters today. Here's who it stars. Jason Statham is back. Paige Kennedy. Jing Wu. Shuya Sophia Kai. Here's what it's about. Get ready for an ultimate adrenaline rush this summer in Meg 2 The Trench, a literally larger-than-life thrill ride that supersizes the 2018 blockbuster and takes the action to higher heights and even greater depths with multiple massive megs and so much more. Dive into uncharted waters with Jason Statham and global action icon Wu Jing as they lead a daring research team on an exploratory dive into the deepest depths of the ocean. Their voyage spirals into chaos when a malevolent mining operation threatens their mission and forces them into a high-stakes battle for survival. Rotten Tomatoes' media score, 28%. No audience score yet. That's obviously a terrible number. I've never seen the original Meg. I don't like that it's rated PG-13. I'd feel different if it were rated R. The Meg 2, The Trench, not a big movie. And that right there is another edition a Big Movie or Not a Big Movie. All right. We're finally there. It's the end of the week. It's Friday. Let's get to big deal or not a big deal. If you're dealing with water, mold, or fire damage in your home, is that a big deal? Maybe it's not a big deal. I don't know. Water Cleanup of Florida will tell you. They're around 24 hours a day, seven days a week. When an unexpected damage occurs to your home or your business, you need specialized, fast, and reliable services. That's why we're calling Water Cleanup of Florida, 954-900-8635. You can also go to wcufl.com. They understand the impact that stress an unexpected disaster may cause. Their objective, make the cleanup and insurance claim process painless and hassle-free. Water Cleanup of Florida, 954-900-8635. Let's get to big deal or not a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal. First up here, okay, the Marlins. Well, how about this? So, the Marlins a couple days ago, Jake Berger debuted. He was a traded form from the Chicago White Sox. And because his last name, Berger, the Marlins did a promotion $5 burgers. All right. Here's why this is a big deal The Marlins sold 20, that's according to Andy Slater, Slater Scoops on Twitter. The Marlins sold 2,100 $5 burgers, all right, at the game a couple days ago. That's compared with only 530 burgers that they sold at the regular price, $13 a piece. And that was last weekend on a night they had 32,000 people. So think about this. On a night they had 32,000 people. They sold 530 burgers at the regular price of $13 each. With the $5 burger promotion, they sold 2,100 burgers. Now think about this. Why in the hell would the Marlins not do this promotion? Forget about it being a promotion. How about just make the burgers $5 each? 2,100 burgers at $5 a piece was a net price of a net income of $10,500. When they sold their regular price, $13 burgers, they sold $530, and that was with a 32,000 crowd. That night, at $13 a pop, They made less than $7,000. So on the night that they had $5 burgers, they made over $3,000 more in profit than the game that there were 32,000 people. Your burgers are too expensive. $5 burgers should be the price every game. They made more money. That's a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal. Shohei Otani. Last night, home run number 40. But he tracks this one to right field. Back to Lucky Gallus. Hands on. This is 40. Yeah, I'm going big deal. Otani's amazing. 40th home run last night. Look, they're, they're in the playoff chase. They're four games back of a wild card. They're close enough that they were able to make the argument to themselves. We're in this thing. We're not trading Otani, but every night you're getting special stuff. Last night, 40th home run from Shohei Otani. That's a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal? So last night, Hall of Fame game, Browns, Jets. Chris Sims was on the sidelines. too. You know, works for NBC. Here's Chris Sims with a, a, a really weird description of what happened to Deshaun Watson last. Night.
1: They believe in Deshaun Watson. And thing I was told multiple times is don't don't look at last year. The man has knocked the rust off, and you're going to see the old Deshaun Watson that we used to see before he had some issues. Maria, back back over to you.
0: All right, thanks, Chris, the head. Yeah, I would I would say Deshaun Watson. uh went through some things. Yeah, he went through some things last year. Listen, it's a little it's a little bit bigger than that, Chris Sims. You don't have to pussyfoot around it. All right, dude's a scumbag, and he got caught. That's a big deal. And finally, big deal or not a big deal? So Stugatz. For the last couple days Has been up at WFAN Filling in for Boomer Esiason On Boomer and Geo in the mornings On WFAN Stu Gatz, it's his dream To host on WFAN Well, yesterday morning Which I believe was the first show That he was filling in Well, he had to get lead in the building So he calls the producer Little did he know From 5 to 6 a.m. The producer hosts like a warm-up show So, Stugatz is calling the producer. The producer's on the air, and he decided to answer Stugatz's phone call live on the air.
1: Stugatz is here. Great. Maybe Uh, he can come in and agree with all of your points. Hello, sir. Hi. Are you here in the building?
0: 345 Hudson? Yes, sir. Is it like a chase for? Bank. there,
1: I knew that was I have you on the radio, I'm on the air right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a no, you have to go past the chase bank and <laughs> okay. might have to step over a human being under the scaffolding. <laughs> uh, yeah, under the scaffolding, but we're right in the, yeah, that um, guy,
0: that guy with the yeah, feet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know that guy with the feet, the right? The placement, hearing it back, the placement of the F-bomb was, was odd. Chase yeah. F bank. <laughs> it was great. I've ah. never had someone pick up the phone and say, can you dump that, please? <laughs> 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 I
1: had no idea that Al was on the air. Oh, and I'll call you again tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> same time, same
0: time. All right, I'm going not a big deal because this is no way was Stu Gatz fault. This is all on the producer. If you're going to answer the phone like that, live on the air, you got to tell the guy on the other end, hey, you're on a live microphone here so that he doesn't wind up swearing. And then you got to dump it and then you have a whole situation with local terrestrial radio. Stugats is not at fault at all in this situation. So I'm going not a big deal. It is a weird placement. Uh, chase F and bang. It's a weird placement as far as where you're going to drop the F word there if you're Stugats. But I'm going not a big deal. And that right there, courtesy, of Water Cleanup of Florida. Let them tell you at 954 8635 if your water mold or fire damage is a big deal or not a big deal. All right, we did it. We made it through the week, everybody. Hey, make sure you listen to It's Still Real to Me. It was dropped a couple nights ago. SummerSlam preview tomorrow night, of course, is SummerSlam. I'm on vacation next week. We're doing family vacation, but we are going to be pumping out Zaslow Show 2.0 every day next week. Got some fun stuff planned, so it won't be the regular show, but I am pumping stuff out. You will have Zaslow Show 2.0 next week. It just won't necessarily be live up to date if there's any breaking news. But we do have Zaslow Show 2.0 coming out next week, each day, even though I'm going to be out of town. Thanks to everyone who hung out with us this week. Thanks everybody for your hard work behind the scenes making today's show possible. Can't do it without your help. We'll talk to you next week on Sazlow Show 2.0. You know what that means.